0: 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is socially distanced with Paxton Wright. Uh, that's me and my co-host. That isn't me, Justin Kiever. How you doing, Justin?
1: Hey, I'm doing okay. Um, as your, as the listeners can probably hear in the background, there's a landscaping that sounds a lot like construction happening near my apartment. And let me tell you, it's been going on for five straight days. This is the quietest it's been. In the last five days
0: it's been a nightmare oh that yeah that, that sounds that sounds great that sounds great um i are you i i don't know that i've ever asked are you in a utc apartment i know you're in irvine but i
1: um no i'm in a i'm in graduate student housing at uci so i'm in uh yeah I'm, I'm there so like technically on campus basically
0: i see um yeah, well, I was in a uh, a UTC apartment right before I uh, r- right before I graduated last June. Um, I'm actually breaking canon a little bit uh, on the sketch from last episode because the uh, the kicker at the end of the of the, the bit was that I was living in a UTC apartment. For those who listened, it's quite an essential part of the show, and that was a lie, but. <laughs> It worked for the sake of the joke. So there's a little insider information on where I am, on what I'm, what, what I was thinking when I did that. Anyhow, I was living in a UTC apartment last June. And uh, uh, yeah, the last week or so was nonstop construction. And uh, to, to the point where, to the point where someone, not mine, thankfully, but my neighbor's window got broken. Um, and... And actually, actually, on my move-out day, I uh, I had I moved everything out of my apartment, and I, I I I went home, but I still had a few things left that I had to get the next day. So I come back the next day, and the first two stairs of my apartment, because I was on the second floor, are gone, and the other ones have been de-stuccoed, unstuccoed, whatever um and was just sort of wooden slats and i was like uh what's going on here guys and they were like you you live here and i was i was like yeah yeah i live here i'd like to get up to my apartment and they're like oh we we saw you move out yesterday we figured we were good to go and i was like no i still got to get a whole couch out of there um th- this doesn't really help me and they're like oh sorry you're going to be done after today though. Right. And I was like, yes. I'm like, okay, we'll hold off a day, but you're going to have to, you're going to have to traverse this large gap with that couch. So have fun there. And I was like, great. And, uh, Ooh. it was, it was hard and it was miserable. And I would have, uh, I would have appreciated a heads up that they were planning on t- removing my stairs before <laughs> I left, but, uh, alas, alas i was not given i was not given the uh the 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 forward uh, oh, uh notice on that but it is what it is i'm complaining about uh uh hard-working laborers uh for a thing that happened uh, over half a year ago which is kind of the most white person thing i could do right now so <laughs> <laughs> it is it is what it is um but yeah, yeah construction's no fun is the long and short of it.
1: Yeah, yeah, like I you know like my, my any issue I have is not with the people doing the work. It it is with the fact that like that uh Verona Housing has seen fit to uh eliminate all of the eucalyptus trees. Why? Why did they suddenly decide to just make Irvine look a little worse? I don't know.
0: <laughs> it's uh, uh They just want the town to look more like um, ah. this joke would land. If I remembered the name of that movie with Jesse Eisenberg from last year where he gets like stuck in suburban hell. But uh, the joke didn't land. Doesn't matter. Anyway, (laughs) we should probably move on to more important things. So it's been almost a month, if not an entire two, two days, three days shy of a month since our last episode, Mm-hmm. Um, because we have been continually getting preempted by UC's, UCI's basketball games. It is what it is. It's nobody's fault, really. It just uh, unfortunately hasn't worked out for Socially Distanced the last few months. And we're actually not airing today either. But <laughs> Justin, you and I just said, screw it. We should probably be making shows regardless. So this will be going straight to podcast uh, so th- this is this is exclusive to you, lucky listeners who uh, are listening to the way most people listen to talk shows now. Um, so th- it probably isn't changing, probably isn't changing the listening habits of anyone who listens to this show in the first place. All right, well, let's just let's just go all the way with it and say this is an online Patreon exclusive. That's right, we're launching a <laughs> Patreon
1: today. <laughs> And if we can make more than $5 a month, then we will start doing an extra episode where we talk about, I don't know, something. I, I didn't think this through. We're not starting a Patreon. No one's listens to this show. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> I will just say, uh, we have a, a $100 reward, which is uh, we will shout you out on our OnlyFans. That's right. Socially Distance also has an OnlyFans now. And it is x rated material so enjoy that uh that is that is uh that's onlyfans.com underscore sd so have fun have fun patrons let's move on here uh we a lot has happened in the last month um and a lot it's
1: been a busy month for america
0: it's been uh it it's been it's been interesting um and while we want to get to talk about video games and dork stuff and we will we will uh we kind of can't we don't feel like we can really do this show without at least uh some sort of acknowledgement of the wackiness that has occurred between december 25th 2020 and june 23rd 2021 so really briefly a bunch of uh, a bunch of white people tried to bring about an insurrection and topple the U.S. government a few weeks ago, because of uh, because of Facebook. So, so that's There's at least
1: four chan's at least a little to blame. Come on,
0: that's that's fair. Four chan is always at least a little to blame for everything for everything. Um, <laughs> It, 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 that, that's just par for the course it's it's sort of an unspoken rule at this point
1: um
0: <laughs> but but yeah so i i kind of don't really even know where to begin with that because you know everyone knows that that good uh, life doesn't hard reset on january 1st and the talk of like oh 2020 worst year ever was always going to be naive we all we all knew that everyone was saying it um but 2021 really started with a bang didn't it it
1: kind of yeah like it it started with an event and you know that was fun yeah I, i mean i guess like the way to get into it is just to kind of like you know talk about what happened as if as if everyone listening doesn't already know which is yeah, you know, uh, like you said, a bunch of white people stormed the Capitol in an attempt to uh, overturn the um, in an attempt to overturn the results of the presidential election. Now, in by, by overturn, and I think this is one thing that's kind of um, noteworthy to recognize is that this attempt was very much uh, informed by, you know, like Trump's rhetoric after his loss, and also kind of the the with some mixing of like the fantasies of uh, QAnon people, which, you know, uh, are myriad and deep, but primarily concern, you know, Donald Trump's now definitely failed a war on the deep state. Yeah. And like what emerged from that was, I think, you know, like a bunch of people went to like a Trump rally and then Trump was like, all right, we're going to the Capitol. And uh, Trump did not go to the Capitol. Everyone else did. And yeah, that led to a demonstration of, you know, probably not, I mean, like a thousand Trump supporters kind of like storming into the Capitol. And yeah, then they got inside the Capitol.
0: While a bunch of police officers went, oh no, stop it, guys. No, come on.
1: Some like real Willy Wonka stop, don't come back energy the prequel Wonka coming out in 2022 or 2023. <laughs> um, There's a
0: conversation for next week.
1: Oh boy. Um, just It'll just be me reading from like Mark Fisher's capitalist, capitalist realism. <laughs> um, yeah. That was a thing that occurred and I, and I think, yeah, I don't know. It was a, it was a weird event that I think uh, we're, it's actually kind of nice that we didn't really talk about it in the immediate, because now I think we're only really getting only now, like really like a week and like two weeks after that happened, we're getting a clear sense of like what really occurred and like what the response to it has, like what the actual effects of it have been. Because yeah, you know, like people got in the Capitol and then they were in the Capitol and they took some selfies in Nancy Pelosi's office. And then, uh, they, then they left and that was, you know, and now, and we've been seeing this kind of like this rash of, uh, you know, arrests um, as, you know, uh, cause it turns out that these uh, people were not very, they're not very good at protesting as it turns out and didn't really hide their identities when they, uh, you know, forced their way into uh, a, a, a building that people probably one didn't the want most them to secure, force their
0: way into. One of the most secure buildings in the country well, you say that, well, but then
1: as you mentioned. <laughs> maybe not physically secured. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it's like an interesting, uh, horrifying, pathetic mess, I think, is kind of like my sort of the beginning of my thoughts on it. Yeah. Paxton, like, and the, the thing that's really weird about it is that, you know, like we all got to sit around and like watch people live tweet it and kind of like see this see like this gut response. And I think that like the the gut responses are like really the thing that I'm calling interesting. Um, so yeah, Paxton, like what was your kind of, what, what were you doing? Where were I, you?
0: I was actually, so I, uh, <laughs> as I may have mentioned on the show, I am newly unemployed. My, my internship that I was working at Sirius recently ended. Uh, and so I am now uh, spending, the majority of the day in basketball shorts uh and hawaiian shirts uh flicking through indeed um which is uh, you know that that's uh that's the a life of luxury um in some sense i'm being sincere and in some sense i'm being uh very tongue-in-cheek about when i say when i say that uh but yeah my plan for that day was like all right let's look for work Let's try and be a person during let, let's try and be a professional during the uh, second worst recession in U.S. history. Uh, this will go great. And I, and it was on that morning that was, again, as you mentioned, supposed to be the, the certification of uh, Joe Biden as president. And given the drama uh, that was sort of spearheaded by uh, Senators Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley, uh, among, among several others um that was stirring up so much controversy i was like well this is gonna go beyond just a certification process so i I should probably watch this and see how this goes down um so i was just getting ready that morning i i gotten out of the shower and i was like it was i was doing post shower things brushing hair brushing teeth i don't need to get into the specifics of that that's not the important part um and i just had c-span on on my phone and that's
1: content I, for the only fans oh, yeah.
0: shower regimen <laughs> <laughs> um uh, i thought you were gonna say it was me watching c-span uh it is me <laughs> watching c-span in the buff that's that's the uh that, that's the long and short of it but uh yeah i was watching and i i don't remember who was speaking i want to say it was mcconnell but it might have been someone else was in the middle of was in the middle of uh uh taking the floor and, and speaking on something and they were like halfway into their speech before kind of like looking over their shoulder and they were like was oh uh, and there was like kind of murmurs going around and they were like uh and they were like we're gonna we're gonna take a we're gonna take a five minute recess and we'll be right back and i was like okay that was weird okay and I, I just had my phone on. I was, just had the, the you know, blank, you're watching C-SPAN message on my phone. And I was like, well we'll, well, we'll see what happens soon enough. And then like 10 minutes had passed by. And they're like, this is going to be a five-minute recess. What's been? Okay. And then another five minutes passed by. And I was like, well, we're at 15 minutes now. This is, this is seeming a little excessive. And then another five. And then another five. And then another five. And I wasn't looking at Twitter. I was just like, this is weird. I was doing my own thing. And then finally, C-SPAN pops back on and it is not the Senate floor, but it is instead uh, an anchor now talking about insurrectionists having stormed the Capitol and uh, Congress needing to be escorted out by Secret Service to an undisclosed location. And I was like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, what now? Huh? Oh, <laughs> well, okay. Um, <laughs> and watching footage of people just storming the capitol building uh and i was like well i don't think any jobs are getting applied to today and i just ended up i ended up just putting c-span up on my tv and sitting on the couch watching c-span for a few hours and then my my car which was in the shop because it's been having a litany of problems was ready to be picked up and i was like all right time to go about my normal life acting like america isn't Breaking right now um, hi i have a i have a 2012 kia optima in the lot I'd, i'm here to come pick it up uh and, and just it it, it was a, it was a bizarre day it was a very bizarre day the thing that stuck out to me is the thing that's been f- frightening and frustrating me for the last however many odd years um And it's something that has, for better and for worse, been brought much more to light uh, in recent years is the power of right-wing misinformation propaganda machines. The absolute power that people like Tucker Carlson, like Ben Shapiro, like Sean Hannity hold over a massive swath of the population. And, you know, granted, you have people like Ben Shapiro who are like, this is wrong, don't do this. But then three days later, go on and say, Oh, the guy with zip ties in the Capitol is no big deal. I know so many people who carry zip ties on them. And it's like, I, you, do, you do? I I certainly don't, it's, Ben. It's, it's just Ben
1: actually just knows a whole lot of people that rob banks.
0: <laughs> on, I wouldn't put it past him. Uh, but there's a lot of payday two cosplayers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was, uh, that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, but but yeah, I don't know. And it's something that has been one of the most concerning things to me this entire administration is the power of misinformation, which has been going on long before this administration. It's a huge part of what got us to this administration. And it's a thing that people were continually warning us about throughout Bush, throughout Obama, throughout Clinton, is the power of uh, of misinformation and the kind of sway it holds, particularly over people who have intentionally been a product of a gutted public education system, uh, who are deeply resentful, uh, who, who are, who are, uh, ill-educated, naive, and manipulated by, uh, by very callous individuals who know exactly what they're doing, um, and and it all kind of exploded in one fever pitch right at the finish line, which was a it was a fascinating moment because I, I'm of the mind that like, however you solve the misinformation problem, which a huge part of that comes from regulating big tech, but it's not the entire solution. It's far from it. Um, but however you do, solve it misinformation if there is a way to solve it misinformation in my mind is the single root cause of every problem in america basically like in the world uh or, or most every problem uh, um
1: explain that's an interesting claim that might dovetail with my thoughts on this video yeah, because yeah what do you mean
0: yeah i so i mean i think like when the science just take one example when the science overwhelmingly overwhelmingly states that climate change is a real threat it is here we're seeing it already and we're about to see it get worse Uh, it is in our backyard um when the facts state that that is an existential threat and is going to snowball and get worse the fact that A massive swath of the population mostly in the u.s mostly in the u.s uh believes it to be a hoax and or and or believes it to not be the existential threat that the quote unquote libs say it is um that's a massive problem and it's propagated by uh, by media by media personalities who have a vested interest in keeping things like the fossil fuel industry alive, by politicians who have a vested interest in keeping the fossil fuel industry alive, um, it, it's and that's that that is not to say that that is a problem that's exclusive to the right, um, far from it, but it is far more prominent on the right. Um, that is the that, that's just one example. Uh, Gun violence, massive propaganda campaign by the NRA uh, that believes that that is that is uh, touting the fact that the government wants to take away your guns, uh, and the government wants to have unlimited power so you can't rise up. Uh, when in fact, the government really just wants people to stop taking AR-15s into crowded malls and murdering people. That's the that's the root cause. Um, so, like, again, not to say these problems would be fixed if misinformation is combated, because misinformation is already here. It's already done what it needs to do. Uh, but we wouldn't have so many of the problems that we have without, uh, if it wasn't for easy and widespread access uh, access to this kind of information. And that's what concerns me.
1: Okay that's that's interesting um so because my kind of thought and like especially um especially in terms of the the January 6th uh thing let's call it is that um for me like the keyword there was ideology basically then again like ideology is really key to my academic work so maybe I'm just like predisposed to kind of think of things that way but See, and for me, like misinformation and ideology are two interrelated, but I think are two very interrelated things, but two things that um, when you move from the idea of misinformation to ideology, what you get are like two very different solutions to a very similar problem or two very critically different framings. So there was a, so I listened to a podcast after the, uh, the, the thing on January 6th that kind of like yeah, we, we've talked a lot about uh, Twin Peaks season three uh, here. And they actually, and one of the hosts actually brought out Twin Peaks season three or a line from it in relation to the January 6th thing, which was basically, um, uh, it, it is the the scene where David Lynch is talking to Monica Bellucci in the, in his Monica Bellucci dream. Right. And uh, she says to him, you know, we are like the dreamer who dreams and lives inside the dream, but who is the dreamer? And the thing about like why that line was invoked uh is that basically the thing about ideology is that you know it's it's, it is almost a form of misinformation in that it's like a misapprehension of the way the world is that then sort of then goes on to create the way the world is and like it's like being you know it is like occupying a dream and it's like occupying something that is half real. That is, you know, um, and then like, you know, but who the question of who is the dreamer is, you know, whose half real reality are you living inside of? And the thing about like uh, QAnon in specific, which, you know, not everyone who's at this thing was a QAnon person, but like the woman who got shot was a QAnon supporter reportedly. and, the thing about qAnon is that like there is there is an affect there is a feeling that qAnon engages with which is like this feeling that there is something structurally wrong with the united states and it has to do with like the elites now the fun thing about qAnon is that they th- that sense is i think fundamentally correct it's just that literally every single detail is wrong and like the but the thing is like the way QAnon like gets its supporters is not through you know like one person saying this is the way things are and then everyone believes them it's not just like you know it is not just the misinformation like the misinformation that like Q hands down it is the fact that basically like whoever was writing the initial posts basically produced this this kind of fiction that had all of these gaps that there is that is the construction (laughs) um naturally right as i'm hitting the point
0: um, <laughs> let's hear the thesis
1: and the buzz saws all right so the thesis that i'm going to try and yell over the buzz saws is basically what QAnon does is it ge- provides these posts that have all of these gaps that are completely incomplete that then people get to like take their you know their sense of the world and use q like use what q actually wrote as a framework and q you know the entity you know the anonymous entity that could be multiple authors or whatever i think it was someone there's like some screenwriter who's accused of being q i didn't follow up on that huh But anyway the point is it doesn't actually have to do with that person It has to do with the fact that like people could use q as a framework to basically write their version of reality right and the thing that kind of happened on um the, the sixth was that like they this completely like fake reality this like fake conspiracy that they have managed to build up for themselves like through this kind of collective effort suddenly like it became material because like that woman died for that um you know like died for this just this complete fantasy and like in that one cop got like and then like that and the thing is like that kind of you know and the cue is not unlike you know say more typical um uh right-wing ideology in this way in that it like you know it produces a world that is you know at odds with the kind of like these like things that we understand that i think we want to understand as being just like true about reality like you know covid 19 is real for example global warming is real like these things are happening and they're having these effects but, you know, like people, you occupy a reality, a way of living that is incompatible with that in some, in some fundamental way. And the thing is, like, I think that, like, it goes deeper than just having the information. It's, you know, about developing a framework that allows for that information to be received at all. And I know it's a subtle difference, but I think the thing that happened on the 6th was, like, then suddenly that fake world became very briefly real because it had these material effects. Like, you know, both Q ideology, this right-wing ideology, it all kind of coalesced to produce this like real violent event that ultimately i you know like the amount of the extent to which like democracy was really at threat is i think you know debatable but like there were lives lost due to this and that was a real that was a very real thing that happened because of this completely you know this this framework that people have that orients them toward a fake world yeah i don't know
0: no, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. We actually do really have to wrap up in a second here. Um, but I will just say my, my last point to that, which it does sort of go hand in hand with yours. When I say disinformation or misinformation, I, I know there's a difference and I don't remember what. F- fake, fake news. Um, <laughs> but uh, when, when I say that that is uh, the core to all problems, I, I agree that more, more aptly it is ideology. The problem with misinformation is that it it exploits and accelerates that ideology to a, a radical yeah. extent and, and makes it worse. I agree. Um, yeah. So I, that, that's, that's more my intention. So I do think we're on the same page about that. Uh, and also one last thought that I just, I, I have to say because it has been on my mind a lot and you kind of mentioned something uh, uh, similar to it is I was watching, popped up on my Twitter feed the other day, an old clip of Donald Trump from like 2012 or 2013 long before the presidency of mm. one of those weird vlogs he did in his office where he just used to yell at a at a camera on a uh, tripod about whatever and it's just
1: listen listener Paxton is doing the Donald Trump hands as I, he's I, saying this
0: you should know i'm doing yes i'm doing the hands uh, and it's just it's just him going like Hollywood is out of control. They're making Ghostbusters with all women. This is this needs to stop what is going on. And I, I the thought just hit me like so many people have died for this man. So many people are right? dead because of this man, right? And this is this is heartbreaking anyway we're going to be back to talk about the cartoon platformer game bug snacks so uh (laughs) stick with us and we'll be back with that in just a minute all right stay tuned everybody
1: listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is Socially Distanced, uh, or the show that is now known as Basketball. Uh, I'm Justin (laughs) Kiever. Uh, With me is my co-host Paxton Wright. Uh, How
0: are you doing, Paxton? I'm doing good. I forgot to request to change the name of our show. Uh, But yeah, I guess a a heads up. Um, For the duration of the quarter, the name of this show will be I'm going to see if we can swing just calling it basketball because that will, that will be great for listenership uh, over the next few months <laughs> as the UCI basketball season uh, holds sway and dominates like 80% of URI's time slots for the next few months. So uh, we're, we're going to give that a shot. I have a hunch they're not going to let us do it, but you know what? The unofficial title at the very least will be basketball. So from here on this show's basketball until further notice. Um, anyway, so the show is basketball and it's the show where we talk about video games. So, uh, <laughs> Justin, what, uh, what basketball have you been playing as of late?
1: So the basketball that I've been playing has been, uh, foursquare uh hey no, so i'm yay um you know that thing that's not basketball but there is a ball that bounces uh yes yeah, so i'm playing bug snacks um that has been the thing not the thing i've been spending most of my time with but the thing that i've been like spending my time with outside of uh you know working um on games as well so i like play games for work and then to write about them Then also
0: i play games for fun uh and yeah i'm playing bug snacks uh it's weird. It's the game that I, I know of because I have not played Snacks yet. What I know about Snacks is that it is a game that appears on the surface like something that should just be very upfront about what it is because it kind of aesthetically and somewhat gameplay-wise like harkens back to like platformers of the early aughts a little bit. Like I get very, I get like very like Ape Escape- kind of vibes from it um right. but uh there is a hint of something greater to it and every time i hear people talk about bug snacks they're just like it's not what you think it is and i've asked like is it secret horror is it like a uh, is it like a what was that old viral youtube video don't touch me i'm scared or whatever the one where it starts it looks like it was a thing that was viral in like the early 10s but it was it looked like a sesame street street sketch and then it descended into uh, a nightmare surrealist madness and I was like are they are they doing that kind of thing with it and everyone tells me no but they're doing a thing with it and I am so curious to know what said thing is because again on the surface it doesn't look like there should be much to it but there clearly is something more to it
1: so I mean that's kind of the thing is like I don't know what the thing is so I'm only full disclosure I'm only about three hours in. there are a grand total of like in the map there are like eight different areas and I've only seen four of them like I'm not very far into the game or I'm probably about like you know a third of the way through judging by like play like play times uh, that I've seen online um and yeah, like I don't know, I don't quite know what the thing is. I have actually intentionally avoided some kind of like spoilery things myself because I know there are like turns in this game. Though I will say the thing that, um, and like I went in having some sense of what it is, which is basically, uh, it's a game where you lay traps and catch bugs, which are also snacks, and. Th- yeah, by, by like, which
0: by which you mean like they are bugs that are literally like shaped like hamburgers and strawberries.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean the thing the thing that really works about the game so far for me is like what it what it is doing with that premise because it is doing things with that premise and it seems to be like it, it occasionally makes that premise as like weird as it ought to be. Um, where yeah, like the premise of the game is there is an island uh, where on which live a bunch of animals who are bugs but also snacks which is to say that basically they are animals mostly insectoid types but not entirely i don't think who are also foods um so for example like there is a thing called a bunger which is a uh it is a, a bug which is also a burger and they called it bunger why not and and um there is, oh, I've, I've forgotten all of the really good names now, which is just, a, there's a pop tick, which sounds gross, but is actually just a, you know, a piece of popcorn. Uh, there is a jalapeno scorpion. Uh, yeah, it's just like, there there is a really angry crab thing called a spuddy, I believe. Um, and yeah, so the thing that's, I think, important to know, the thing that's important that, I, it's important for me that you know paxton that bug snacks are weird for the world of bug snacks like this is you know it takes place in some other place that is not here where the primary form of sentient life is a thing called a grumpus which you know basically looks like um a a, like a race of beings that basically look like handmade teddy bears you know just sort of like sock puppet type things that are you know very um big mouths that are both like cute but also uh kind of awful to look at but also cute um and yeah no like they are not normal for the world of bug snacks is the thing like there is just this one island of them
0: and you play as a journalist sorry go ahead so so the implication is that the world beyond this island is fairly standard whether or not there's humans is never elaborated on but there is an implication that the the core of this weirdness is specifically on the island that Bugs snacks takes place on
1: yes yes basically so that's the yeah that's kind of the thing is that you're a journalist who reports on cryptids so like you are a bad journalist basically and like you you get this like opening where your boss is talking to you and basically says like hey yeah like this you know you basically at one point were trying to track down like the the grumpus version of sasquatch and that turned out to be a hoax and now you're like you're you know you're kind of like this is your last chance to prove yourself type thing and you receive because you're a reporter on cryptids you receive this video from uh, an explorer named lisbert who um yeah who is kind of like hey i've discovered bug snacks and like lizbert is also like ha- has this reputation for being kind of a crackpot but then you know you kind of convince your boss to let you go report on the story and you go to this island Your uh, fly- your airship that you take to get there which is you know you have just a personal airship
0: uh and every i will just say every word every other word of this explanation is like uh, okay okay so cryptids so strawberry bugs airships okay mm. <laughs> i like think it's it, th- this is clearly um i don't know for lack of a better term a creative game i can i can s- say that at least
1: yeah like and i think that's sort of the thing that has been carrying it for me is that like i mean it's very pleasant it's very just like you know aesthetically and like aurally pleasant in ways that are nice right now but also um but yeah, no, it is just kind of like the you get these like little details about the world that seem very strange that are just really fun to kind of inhabit. And so you fly your airship to Bugsnacks Island, you crash there. And more or less you arrive, you meet the mayor who is played by um I should have looked his name up before recording this conversation, but it was played by the voice actor that played Ryuji in Persona 5. Oh, nice. Um and uh, that is a big hook for me because every time I talk to this character and go, it's Ryuji, basically playing Ryuji again, but now he's a Grumpus. Um, now he's a Grumpus and he has a strawberry for a hand because I fed him something. Um, the, uh, there's a, you're getting a res- I'm getting a response on Paxton's face that maybe suggests that he didn't know
0: that that was a... Um, I mean, anyway. I, know, I know about Ryuji. I've played Persona 5, but uh, uh, th- again, again, it is this will be very interesting to listeners um, to hear this because I, as someone who have not played this game and has only seen a few trailers, basically, am being bombarded with the <laughs> strangest assortment of nouns that I, I just, like, I, I can't help but have my, like, like, be a little slack-jawed upon hearing this. Just, like, I mean, lay it on me. I love <laughs> hearing it. But know that this is hard to keep up with that's not your fault it is nobody's (laughs) fault there's just a lot to take in well yeah like i'm really i'm really trying to like lay on the
1: weirdness here because the it's working okay good um because the thing is so yeah like you know you get there and then basically like the the main hook is um lisbert has gone missing the person that you know sent you that video has gone missing Um, And also there is like a small civilization on Bugsnax Island um, that which might not actually be the canonical name of Bugsnax Island, but I'm calling it Bugsnax Island Uh, and yeah, so there's a small civilization that is basically scattered across the island. Like there was a Lisbert left and like things kind of fell apart. And uh, now like what I'm doing right now is trying to like find everybody and convince them to come back. You kind of get like roped into helping these people out, basically on your search for ostensibly on your search to Liz for Lisbert to, you know, interview her and kind of like get a sense of what the story is and what exactly bug snacks are. And yeah, that's, so that's basically the plot setup is where is this person also like track down these other people and, you know, do what they tell you to do so, they're, so they can be convinced to come back. And then you like, they get back to the uh, the main civilization and you interview them, which was just this like basically this brief kind of like series of conversations. Um, and then, yeah, you kind of continue on your search. And like the main loop of the game is... Yeah, you find someone, you talk to them and then you they'll say hey, I want you to feed me this bug snacks and then you have to go catch the bug snacks and the way you do that is, you know, basically you have a set of tools and like each bug snacks sort of like there's a certain kind of a, you know, little basically a little puzzle to solve basically to capture them more or less like, you know, like the bug snacks has a route through the world you set up the trap in their route. Sometimes you have to like get them to go to an area. Like there'll be like, there's a, a spider that's made out of fries called friter that like, you know, hangs out on ceilings. So initially you can't, you know like launch your trap at the ceiling. So what you have to do is you have to like uh, pick some ketchup off of a plant and then, uh, you know, launch the ketchup with a slingshot at the ground. So the friter comes down and then you catch it when it's on the ground. So there's like a lot of things like that. Um, a lot of kind of like very very like clockwork sort of puzzles where it's like okay like there is this bug snacks in this area i need it to you know i need to do xyz to catch this bug snacks and it tends to be very simple i mean like the a thing about bug snacks that you know i think this uh, conversation should sort of include is that this is a game for kids like it is like it's, it's a kid's game now the thing is though like young horses um i'm want to check this but young horses like first game was octodad i believe
0: oh oh yeah i forgot i totally forgot that this is the uh, the same people behind octodad
1: yeah 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 i just confirmed this is the octodad studio and octodad uh you know despite it's like somewhat confusing t rating that i think it has for some reason um is is also a kid's game like you know but it's um but it's an interesting one like the thing about octodad and i think like the the reason that a lot of people kind of like care about bug snacks outside of it's kind of like charming and like weird first trailer and the fact that it's kind of like you know tied to the uh the ps5 release is like the first playstation plus game that was like free for that like outside of that it's because you know young horses made octodad and what you got with octodad was this like a physical comedy game that is about passing that's about kind of you know in ha- it's about like you know making your making a body work in a way that it's not supposed to work in order to pass as like a certain you know social type as you know to pass as kind of like the you know an American dad and like that uh and that resonated with people I think like that kind of the fact that basically yeah it's a physical comedy game about you know passing like really did resonate with people and yeah so snacks um does not lay on the mechanical metaphor as heavily as um uh as octodad did like bug snacks is it feels weird that i keep on like describing things in terms of like a fallout but it's like it has it reminds me a little bit of a bethesda rpg but for kids in a certain way you know it's in first it's in first person um, but you can look down and see your like little teddy bear body and that's pretty fun. Um, it's a first person game where a lot of it is, you know, like you talk to people and you get in like very short little dialogue, like very simple dialogue kind of, you know, tree options with them. Um, and yeah, you get quests from them and you do quests for them. You turn in the quests, like it's very much like you, you never break the first person perspective. Like it really does feel like a kind of like bethesda rpg for children and as such uh there's like a part of me that like has this weird and this is gonna sound very strange but i had like i at one point while playing this had this like weird kind of like dad fantasy of like it'd be really fun to play this game with like a six-year-old like to basically just because like it does like because like it has this very sort of uh cutesy almost nostalgic vibe to it where the, the moments where like there are kind of like uh, scenes that are happening like ambiently or there are like little like corresponding details that line up that seem, you know, uh, that give the game life. It's, it's like, it's very cool. And it like reminds me of like little things, like little like storytelling techniques that I noticed when I was six before I really understood how games worked. Like, you know, when I was playing like, you know, other stuff and I'll be like, oh, that's so neat that like, oh, this person, you know. Um, they're like oh like like this little conversation is happening like these two characters are interacting and like i don't know like it's very
0: um no i know i know exactly what you mean yeah like there was a there was a charm back in the day like the first game franchise that i went head over heels for as a little kid was was spyro um Mm -hmm. the original the original spyro trilogy for ps1 um and that was that was sort of the same deal was like Despite the fact that, as you said, very simple conversations, pretty short, mostly about like you know, hey Spyro, the the nasty Nork has uh, has turned this entire town into ice. Can you help us uh, melt it? Or something something like that. But there was still a charm to be like, oh, they're talking. They have like a a mission here. There is there's like this feels like more of a world than just getting from point a to point b it did when i was seven and six and i've gone back and recently replayed spyro with the reignited trilogy and the game still plays great but obviously there's not much there in the way of riveting storytelling but there is a there is still a charm just to to beholding that world and the interactions between the characters within it even if it is quite simplistic, is that kind of what you mean, or am I misunderstanding um, a little bit? I
1: mean, a little bit, but also like I, I think you're helping me get to what I actually mean, which is basically like it's doing. Th- so it's like it's doing that, but also like it's not just that it's like simplistic. And I'm going like, man, I would appreciate this as I was six. It's that it's doing things that are just very basic, competent storytelling that I'm none the that I'm surprised that it is doing, because its aesthetic would suggest a simplicity that actually doesn't really capture the fact that there is something like that, that there, there's something a little bit not complex but like just well executed here because like each so the thing that's really interesting about bug snacks uh, so far is that you know yes yeah, so bug snacks island is remote you know it's very strange and the thing that you immediately start getting is oh and people are here for a reason like there is like there's actual character psychology that um kind of explains why these specific people have come to this island it's not that like they each have a dark secret it's just that like each of them you know is uh, i mean it's an island of misfits basically except for one farmer who i think just like doesn't want to get taxed by the government um <laughs> but um but nonetheless like you know like that's kind of a joke like so there, there is like something it's not that they're complex characters but it's not just that like they're you know uh caricatures either like you know these are people who are very kind of uh they're definitely of a type but there seems to be a reason why they're here and it seems like Bugsnax Island is this like it is a place where people like yeah like people leave like you get the sense that like these are all people that like needed to or really wanted to leave society for one reason or another and like that kind of undergirds the whole like bug snacks experience and also just like the voice acting is really good yeah it is it is really well voice acted like shockingly so
0: um and well it sounds like it sounds like it almost it almost feels like you have a character in there that's trying to avoid uh that's trying to avoid being taxed by the government and a society that is based on trying to uh abandon modern society it almost sounds like it's like a, a child-friendly version of rapture just like a what is supposedly a libertarian paradise that is actually <laughs> a bizarre nightmare um i mean i, I, I know, know i <laughs> i'm i'm jokingly like, reading too much into <laughs> that but
1: <laughs> and I'm, I'm now just kind of going like is it a libert- is it a libertarian paradise i don't not sure um I don't know I'll say that's the thing it's like I'm not like I wish I was a little further in but um unfortunately work got in the way but there's this um yeah like it uh there is yeah so you have this like really kind of like well realized character psychology the gameplay is you know simple but like like simple in a way that's kind of nice where like the systems are very simple and it feels like a sort of stripped down like a very stripped down kind of rpg or like a stripped down um I don't know like just a stripped down adventure game where it's like you can everything fits together in really obvious ways and you can kind of intuit all of this and like there is some challenge but like it's never it doesn't feel like overburdened by like complex systems and so it's like you know kid kid friendly i'll say it's also very chill for someone like me who keeps on bouncing between like this and like pathologic which you know is a fairly systems dense and like really kind of a Atmospherically dense uh, survival game mm-hmm. uh, that I've been like trying to write about. Um, and like Bug Snacks, on the other hand, has this like really like chill kind of like you know electronic like just, like, synth, like not even synth, but like just this very very chill uh, soundtrack. It's just chill vibes like the whole way through. Even though there's still like a little bit of horror, like the fact that when people eat Bug Snacks, their limbs change into foods. And no one seems bothered by this. That was
0: that was in the initial trailer what gave me the impression that this might be something like a uh, frog fractions or something where I was like, this is a horrifying idea, and everyone seems totally chill with this. I, I it, is there something here? Like, is there something to this? But th- it's go ahead.
1: I was just saying I think there is. Here's the thing. So like the people transforming is weird and i'm like i have this like really horrible feeling it's going to end up ending like troll 2 somehow um uh,
0: you're gonna have to elaborate on that one
1: okay so to my understanding the ending of troll 2 you know like the famous bad movie like the thing that really is awful about troll 2 is it also has an incredibly depressing ending it is, really does yeah so like the, the fan you know like the, the family gets away and then they find that like their fridge is fully stocked or whatever and they eat the food and they all become you know like
0: what happens to them they, all they turn into all, spinach
1: yeah yeah like they all become food after eating the goblin food and like i keep on like looking at this going like okay so these people are becoming food there's a decent chance they're becoming food in the service of something i don't know that i don't think it's like really building to that but there is this kind of like part of the story that's uh kind of unfolding for me now is you know there are a bunch of like cave paintings on Buck Snacks island that are suggestive of a kind of a, you know, a grumpus population that had some relation to what appears to be like an Uber bug snacks, which is the thing that knocks you out of the sky in the beginning of the game. And I just like, look at this and go like, okay. Uh, Also, you are the only person who is like allergic to bug snacks, so you cannot eat bug snacks, which means that there is like something about this, like, There is something about this transformation that this game cannot let you be a part of. And I think that that, anyway. um, No,
0: that's interesting because I had always assumed that that would be, in fact, I was wondering why we hadn't discussed that yet. I assumed that had to be a mechanic of the game was eating mm -hmm. bug snacks would cause you to like, like Mario putting on the raccoon suit or the spring suit or whatever. I, Mm -hmm. I assumed that would be part of it. So that's really interesting. So that is not at all a core mechanic. It's not a it's not a mechanic, period. Yeah, it is not a mechanic.
1: Like uh Ryu, Ryuji gives you a um a bug snacks and he's like, Yeah, you should eat a bug snacks. And you can just sit there and go, I don't think I want to eat a bug snacks, Ryuji. And he's like, No, you should eat a bug snacks. And then you do, and then you like just I think yeah, basically you get really sick, you don't transform, and then Ryuji goes, like, well, I guess you're allergic to bug snacks, and you know, you go about your day. Um but yeah no so there is a yeah like it's just like this very cheery it's just you know you're watching all these characters get very cheery about something they probably shouldn't be very cheery about but I do want to say the most horrifying thing that has happened so far in Bug Snacks is this and this is the thing like this is like the real moment of like 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 I, like where I shuddered which was there is a um so there's a Bug Snacks called like a ribby or something that's you know it's a bunch of ribs or ribipede or something it's like a centipede but like it's ribs Mm -hmm. um and i caught one and i fed one of these um rib bug snacks to to a character and the thing is like you know when they when they eat uh the bug snacks they just kind of swallow them whole and it's like yeah you know it's a cartoon thing that's what you know cartoon people do with with cartoon food anyway so the 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 lady uh, swallowed the rib bug snacks whole and then proceeded to say Oh, weird. It only looks like it has bones, but it's actually soft the whole way through. And like that, I just like heard and like, it was just like, Oh no. Oh no. Uh-huh. And like that, like, like what, what that suggests about like what the bug snacks are as a, as, as a being, as like a species, as a kind of thing it was just so, like, you know, incredibly repulsive to me. Because I was just like, no, like, so that, that, then they're not food. They are things that take the appearance of food that maybe mimic the taste of food, but they're that is fun, really. That is not just animated ribs. Like, this is not, you know, some kind of, like, junk food heaven. Like, what is going on? Like, and yeah. that, for me, has been, like, the... There is a mystery around... Just what the heck bug snacks are. That has been like the the most sort of uh, that's been the most like motivating thing for me. Like the actual core mystery of like what happened with Lisburn is actually sort of interesting because you know it suggests that there is some kind of darkness to this island that you you know don't know of yet because like how could someone go missing here? Um, but also like that like that was like okay what is a bug snacks like that and the fact that like no one knows and the fact that like that really is the um the underlying structure of this game is actually really compelling and i think that's um yeah even if i knew the answer to what a bug snacks is i wouldn't tell you because that is that really does keep it going in a way that you wouldn't expect
0: that's yeah it sounds it sounds way more fascinating than it has any right to be like and like and that's again that's sort of something i'd gathered even before this conversation was that there was really something to this story and something charming and kid friendly but strangely upsetting and complex and but like again it was sort of been like a mum's the word thing from people from the community that's played it um so i'm really just all the more incentivized to play it now um it is available on previous gen right it's uh, i believe it's on switch and ps4 and everything yeah I,
1: i think so like it's not a it's not a demanding game
0: yeah I'm, I'm gonna need to get on it because i am just if for no other reason than just to find out what the hell is going on yeah. um uh, yeah I'm, I'm curious to know well yeah again that was a that was a uh, a roller coaster of bizarre bizarre nouns all at once but uh but a, but a fun one um all right, that's going to that's gonna have to do it for us. This week, uh, you have been listening to Basketball. Um, my name, once again, is Paxton, and uh, your name is, Ju- my name not- is Justin. My Justin. His name is Justin. You, the listener, are not named Ju- Well, you might be named Justin. I, I have no idea. But um, I'd say the percentage of that, the likelihood of that, for most of you, is quite low. It would be very cool if most of our listeners were named Justin but if not all of them but we, we uh, no idea maybe the title of our show should be basketball parenthetical justin's please listen to this i it, it's a, it's a work in progress we'll circle back to it anyway bye everyone stay safe